Welcome to Grove Unleashed. This week we begin a two-part series on the recent elections in Pennsylvania and how these elections have shaped changes in voter law in the Commonwealth. It is State Representative Seth Grove, and welcome to another edition of Grove Unleashed. We have a really special show, but before we get into it, Anders Toman works in district office, helps people every day. Anders, what's going on, man? Not much. What's up? What's going on with you? Uh, not much. Uh, busy time in the Grove life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. We got three kids, two boys, and Princess, who runs our lives. And both boys are in double sports, baseball and basketball right now. And it is a hectic time. It's just, it's running. Like taxi service. And my oldest is 12. It's going to be 13 in September. Three more years until he can start driving. And, um, you know, it's good, bad, right? Your kid's driving, which is scary. Um, My sister just turned 16 in March. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks after, you know, I was teaching her how to drive because my mom works nights, so it's kind of hard for Mm -hmm. her to marry that. But my mom's a lot more grabbing on to the, oh, crap, handle and saying, stop, 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 whereas I'm more calm. So my sister likes driving with me. But two weeks after she turned 16, she broke her foot and is now out for a couple months with driving. So unfortunate for her but fortunately for me <laughs> right you're still you're still driving and it's 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 weird and, and we had the conversation i was taking him to school one day i'm like you know in a couple of years gonna be driving he's like oh it's gonna be great i'm like you're gonna be taking your brother to school he's like what <laughs> like yeah you're gonna take you can take your brother to school he's like i don't want to take my brother to school i'm like then you don't drive kind of nope. comes with the territory nope. buddy and wait until you get to take little girl to like gymnastics or whatever Oh, what what I'm like comes in territory, but we're all helping out. The privileged of the eldest born. Right. Yeah, right. I, I'm the oldest of three, and when I got my license, uh, I thought, oh, it's going to be so freeing. I'll be able to do whatever I want until I realized 50 percent of that time where I'm driving, it's my mom. Hey, go to the grocery store. Hey, go pick your brother up from this. Hey, go drop your brother off from the, uh, for this. So right. yeah, it's nice. Like I enjoy the time with the kids. We get to talk, find out what's happening in their lives. You know, they're away from their electronic goodies um so it's good i enjoy it but it's a lot it's a lot they had tournaments in lancaster this past weekend and games all over the place so it's uh it's tiring it is freaking tiring i'm 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 like it's monday i'm like oh work i can relax at work i guess (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy but hey um we got an election coming up we got the primary election coming up in, in a few weeks and i thought it would be good to actually go back and deconstruct the 2020 election because there's a lot of bad information out there just some half-truth people making stuff up it's all over the place and i don't know what happened in other states um other states are looking to what happened in their states but we we've done deep dives what happened in our state and i think it's uh critically important we get factual information out there about what occurred in the 2020 election it just didn't pop up it's not like oh election there's stuff that happened years in advance to create what happened in 2020. And your committee has done more of a deep dive into what happened in the 2020 election than any other state has done. Well, we we didn't even really focus on 2020. We just focused on what the election law says Mm -hmm. and how counties in the Department of State administer elections. Those two things. Regardless of which, which election, you have laws in place that direct how elections are supposed to occur. You have individuals who are supposed to administer these and that's the big thing. Like, how, how does it happen in Pennsylvania? What are our laws and how do we fix it and how do we make it better? So when you talk about the 2020 election, you have to start five years earlier 
in 2015. There was an election, general election that happened in 2015. Judicial elections. Election cycle that nobody comes out and votes with because who cares about judges, right? Well, people should have cared more in 2015, particularly Republicans, because Democrats swept the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. They elected three justices, Christine Donahue, Kevin Doherty, and David Wecht. Kevin Doherty is the brother of the Doherty that is under criminal investigation for bribes and conspiracy and election, all kinds of stuff. And we'll constantly see new cases out of Philadelphia for electioneering out of the Doherty cases. Not, not that Kevin is involved in any of that, but it is a fact that his brother, head of the trade union, is in a lot of, a lot of political trouble by the feds for a bunch of stuff. So in 2015, Democrats hold a majority, 5-2 majority on the Supreme Court. And we see the repercussions of that single election in 2020 in the forefront between court judges siding with Wolf's executive authority to shut down businesses to election stuff. 2020, everything that everybody hates about 2020 started in 2015, one election. So if you didn't vote in 2015, this is a result. That's why you show up and vote every single election. Even the off-year elections. Right. Which are which are critical. I don't I like judges are the most important elected official in the Commonwealth. Think about it. Common pleas court judge, your your local judge at the county level, they decide custody cases. They decide death sentences. They have the power to issue someone's death under the law. Now, we don't put anybody up for capital punishment anymore because we have Tom Wolf there, but it's still an important position. They they determine constitutionality of judges. They have that first interpretation of, of how rules and, and laws are to be governed on the administrative end. Critically important. So you got to show up when judges are up for vote. Fast forward the next year, the 2016 presidential election, right? Mm. Hillary Clinton's a shoe-in. She's going to win. Democrats, 100% convinced, right? 100% convinced. Don't got to worry about anything. It got a little nasty, right? There's a lot of uh, nasty stuff. But ultimately, I think voters came down on, we hate Hillary more than we hate Donald Trump. And there was a lot of support for Donald. I mean, huge grassroots. I, I like uh, stuff I haven't seen for a Republican presidential candidate in years. You know, McCain, Romney, I mean, you know, Mitt. Um, you know, no no one was really fired up for them at all. So they're boring. Right. Trump's definitely not boring. No. Yeah. He's many, many things, but boring is yeah. not one of them. So when it's all said and done, 2016 presidential election, Donald Trump got 2,970,000 votes, 48.2% of the vote. Hillary Clinton got 2,926,000 votes, 47.5% of the vote. The difference between them is 44,322. So 44,000 votes separated Hillary Clinton from Donald Trump. Razor thin. That was a razor thin election. When you go down, and there, there's a bunch of other people. Like, I always joke, in, in Maine, there's the lobster man that gets on the presidential election. So there's other people that, that pop up. Um, I think we've had a couple state senators and U.S. senators file in, like, New Hampshire. I guess it's really easy to file to be president in the United States and in New Hampshire to get on the ballot. But we had a libertarian, Gary Johnson, pulled in 146,000 votes. Independent others, right, 51,000. Jill Stein, Green Party, pulled in 49,941 votes. That is a key number. Daryl Castle, Constitution Party, pulled in 21,572 votes. Now, these are Pennsylvania votes. These are, these are all where Pennsylvanians voted in the 2016 presidential election. So if, if, I'm a, if I'm a party and I analyze this data, 
And I see that my candidate lost, Hillary Clinton, Democratic candidate lost, by 44,322 votes. And Jill Stein of the Green Party. Now, Green Party, I would tend to think that Green Party more aligned with the Democrat Party. So if there's no Green Party candidate, who are you going to vote for? Hillary Clinton. Right, probably Democrats. So they came back and said, oh, my God, Jill Stein got 49,000 votes. So if there is no Green Party, you could surmise that Hillary Clinton would have won Pennsylvania by 5,000 votes. If I'm the Democrat Party and I'm going to see this, and and remember, data-wise, Democrats in voter registration plurality had a huge, huge plurality over Republicans Mm -hmm. for a number of years. That has closed over a million. We're down to maybe half a million. And data is continuing to show that more people, more Democrats are re-registering Republican than Republicans are registering Democrat. And there's more people just registering Republican. So we're, we're closing in that gap. Uh, Florida, for instance, um, this is, I think, last year or this year was the first year that Florida has majority registered Republicans statewide. And they've been winning Republican for a number of years. And, you know, it, it's very interesting. But, you know, from Republican standpoint, I look at Libertarian Party. And constitutional party. Not that those people would automatically vote for a Republican if they didn't have a candidate, but more than likely a libertarian or a constitutional party would vote Republican mm-hmm. without that being there. So you could say, you know, had the Republican Party remove the Libertarian Constitutional Party, you're looking at hundred and sixty three thousand potential more votes for Donald Trump. So even a bigger win. So looking at that. Democrats are like, all right, we got a game plan. No, no third parties for the Democratic Party next election. We we can't have it. Can't have it. Remember that data point, forty nine thousand. Now, Jill Stein is a very important person in the entire election discussion heading into twenty twenty. Not only did that Green Party take enough votes away from Hillary Clinton to to give that win, but she sued. She sued Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Jill Stein, Green Party presidential candidate, sued all three states. Pennsylvania was the only case that was settled. Governor Wolf was the only governor to settle with Jill Stein's three lawsuits. What did Jill Stein want? She wanted paper ballots, and she wanted a more comprehensive audit system, post-election audit system. And the Wolf administration was the only state to settle them. The other two states got the, the got those suits tossed. Why? Why would Wolf be the only one to settle with Jill Stein in 2018? Because it sets up court cases. Hmm. Sets up court cases. So he set it up. They settled. So he, in spring of 2019, he decertified all the election machines in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that were not paper ballot. So... York, we're from York. We used a nice DRE machines touch screen, you know, hit the numbers, and people felt comfortable. Like mm-hmm. when it first came out, people really weren't happy, but they got used to it. It's a very easy, convenient thing. Um, you didn't have to worry about paper and buying paper and running out of paper. You just go in there and, and hit hanging chads. Right, yeah. hanging chads. Lancaster, for instance, always used paper ballots. Mm-hmm. They still vote paper ballots, so they didn't have to really decertify any of their machines. So he unilaterally decertified all the election machines used by counties which did not use paper ballots. That was the majority. It was a huge number, huge number of counties. So all these counties started scrambling to get new machines for the 2019 election. So he called for funding. Governor Wolf called for funding 
for election machines to help counties. And at the same time, the feds put in some money because guess what happened at the federal level? Go back to 2016, right? 2016, Democrats did not believe President Trump is a legitimate president. Russian collusion, right? Did, did we actually find out if there was any? No, it, it was the Hillary campaign that was basically just made it all up. Right. Yeah. Right. Big dossiers, the whole nine yards. So Congress switches to, to Democrat in, in 2018, right? They switch from 2016 to 2018. Democrats take it back Congress. And they do a big push to secure our elections off a fake premise that Donald Trump didn't win the election. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Democrats. That yes. is so deadly to democracy. I, it, it's, it's just an absolute. Uh, I, I can't believe that they would even say that. You know, they are insurrectionists, I would say, Ugh. for saying that Russia was involved in the 2016 election to make Donald Trump win. Unfounded election accusations. Mm -hmm. Unfounded election accusations. It's a big Democrats lie. In 20, <laughs> that led to federal election changes. Mm -hmm. So federal elections changes come out. Oh, we need a secure machine. So we got money from, from the federal government for machines. So it was supposed to be the feds dumping money in, the state dumping money in, and, and the counties dumping money in. So 2019 budget, 2018-19 budget, we put money into a budget, put it up to him, and he vetoes it. Vetoes election funding, $90 million to fund new election machines, and he vetoed it, budget of 2019. So go back, and there is a grand bargain for elections. Wolf wants money. House Republicans put up ending straight party voting, right? Wolf wants to change voter registration, so we go from 30 days before an election to register voters down to 15. Why? Because he wanted same-day voter registration, and he couldn't get there, so they split it in half to 15. By the way, not asking the repercussions to counties because mm -hmm. counties cannot operate voter registration. The internal transfer of voter registration takes longer than 15 days to execute. Thus, Wolf's position literally can disenfranchise voters. Nobody talked to them about this change. There's a bad change. That's why counties were asking election changes to go from the 15 back to the 30 days. Because they just can't handle it. Mm -hmm. It's just bad policy because nobody talked to them. What else happened in there? Some minor changes for counties help them do administration. So there are, quote, cost savings, re reducing the number of mandated ballots uh, to counties, right? So the thought is counties know if they're going to have a big election or not so they can manage. So we're going to alleviate that cost for them. Bite them in the butt a little later. And then this, this mail-in voting. Now, I don't know who brought that to the table. I was not involved. I've asked, and it's very mum on those who negotiated this bill. I do know that former Senator Fulmer was doing a lot of work on mail-in voting uh, up until this time. They looked at constitutional amendments. They looked at, at, at policy changes. They had hearings. That state government committee, when he was in charge of it, was doing a lot of stuff to do mail-in voting here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I don't know who brought it to the table. I don't know who was on the list, but it became part of the grand bargain. So counties got election funding from the state government for buying new election machines from Gov Governor Wolf's unilateral decertification because of the Jill Stein lawsuit. We have no excuse mail-in voting and elimination of straight party voting. By the way, Nancy Pelosi called the Governor Wolf. Obama called Governor Wolf and asked him to veto that bill because they were worried about straight party voting because they don't believe that you are smart enough to vote. 
They don't believe you're smart enough to make a decision on who should be your elected representation, and it should be solely based on party designation. You know who was in favor of this bill? Who? The Trump campaign. Yep. Who else was? Uh, the National Republican Party. Who else? State party. State yeah, GOP. And the state party, yeah. Just the GOP in general. Right. So we, we have it. It was signed into law. That became what is now Act 77 mm-hmm. of 2019. We 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 had we had problems in the 2019 general election. We have n- counties with new voting machines. Some did a good job, others didn't. You know, your county we had issues, right? We didn't have enough voting machines for precinct. Huge lines. It, it was it was bad things occurred. We went back and made some some changes to try to improve that. Counties readjusted how many machines they had, and COVID happened, right? So we had a primary election set up for 2020 that was supposed to be in... I think um, it would have been the, the end of April that year. Yeah, okay. end of April. So it would have moved up in April. So in April okay. of 2020, we were looking at a, a primary election. COVID happened in March. So we ended up delaying the primary because of COVID, pushing it back till June timeframe, I believe. And we ran that primary 2020 election on Act 77. And what occurred during that during that time frame? We learned that we have some administrative adjustments to make with mail-in voting, right? But there wasn't a lot of complaints. Complaints with the mail-in voting as we had it, uh, based on Act 77, no one was complaining over the use of it, right? Mm-hmm. It was more how how to how to get the votes counted in time. Right. It was it was a timing. It was process issues the administrative administrative stuff yeah. uh, to help try to clean clean up how it's how it's administered right um, so it, it went fine everybody trusted the outcome of election except for Democrats in 2016 outside of mm-hmm. Russian collusion in 2016 with Democrats the Democrat insurrectionists right yeah everybody kind of trusted that so July 2020 President Trump comes out and opposes mail-in voting calls on all Republicans to not use mail-in voting. Which is the stupidest thing he could have done, in my opinion, at least. Well, it, what, what occurred is people people stopped, Republicans stopped using mail-in voting. And mm-hmm. when you look at, at other states, Florida Florida's controlled by Republicans. They have all three branches. Mm-hmm. They did mail-in voting and continued to use it because Republicans voted mail-in. They have a large senior population that lives down there. It's, it's effective in... in Allows, allows you to bank votes early. Like, I know you voted, right? I can take you off the list and put resources into who, who doesn't vote. So looking at kind of how Republican states have done Texas has done it. Georgia has done it. So we do have solid Republican states that they were looking at um, to do to do mail-in voting. Trump says it's full of fraud, which, you know, I, I, I do get. Like, you're taking ballots and and, and sending them out outside of a chain of custody, right? Mm-hmm. In-person voting, you control all of it. You control all of it. It's it's there. But we've had issues with in-person voting, dealing with fraud, uh, happened in this state, happened in other states. So it's not like it's a perfect system. But then that's when you started seeing Republicans not doing the mail-in voting. And it was left up to Democrats. And again, we have COVID at this time. You know, Republicans were more geared towards let's open things up and get back to normal, right? Mm -hmm. Let's have in-person voting. Democrats, hands off. We don't want to be out there. And and there's a huge senior contingency, and we'll get into the data, 
heading into it, but there's a lot of seniors that this the COVID-19 virus attacked because of multiple co- comorbidities that seniors tend to have that did not want to do in-person voting mm-hmm. and, and used mail-in voting to not show up in in mass at election places and that was a huge struggle for the trump campaign as well because up until uh when was it september the way that pennsylvania ran mail-in ballots was fine Mm -hmm. and trump even recognized that as well and so did the trump campaign but trump wasn't saying that on a national level so therefore pennsylvanians whenever they were going to the trump campaign like uh you know i can't vote on election day or whatever like use a mail-in ballot they so, want nothing to do with so it. So as the parties and campaigns were trying to get people to go vote, and, mm-hmm. you know, the party sent out applications, the national party, the state party, they sent out applications for people to apply for absentee, mm-hmm. uh, mail, no excuse, mail-in voting. Um, but it ended up being a three-to-one Democrat advantage. That's how Democrats voted, which, again, plays into a huge impact in post-election counting, counting of votes and stuff. And we'll get into that. Um, so what else transpired? So we had COVID. We have new election laws. We had Act 12, which kind of happened after the primary, before the general election, to do some some cleanup, some tightening up of, of some stuff. And the Democrats weren't happy because they didn't get the policies that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? This is where the elections that we spoke about at the very beginning come into play, where, where the courts rear their ugly heads. Right. So we have the Democratic Party, the Supreme Court, and the Department of State all starting to play in elections through the courts. Because the Democrats, they wanted more. They didn't get more. We want more. How do we get more? We don't like this stuff. We want, we want to get rid of security features. We want um, longer counting past election day. How do we get this stuff done? We want, we want curing of ballots. We want all this stuff that we didn't get in policy because it wasn't negotiated. So Democratic Party, Supreme Court, and Department of State. Is it collusion? I don't know. I don't know the conversations, but here's the timeline. September 8th, 2020, Democratic Party. Democratic Party of Pennsylvania versus Bookvar. Who's Bookvar? Kathy Bookvar, former Secretary of State, Department of State, was run out of office because she screwed up royally. Not on the election stuff, uh, but on um, getting getting a, a referendum, constitutional referendum. Um, so the P- Pennsylvania Supreme Court rewrites the election laws. They extend the acceptance of ballots after 8 p.m. election three more days and presumes all ballots received during this time are timely received. Um, the election code should be interpreted to allow county boards of elections to, inter- in, in, to accept hand-delivered ballots. The received-by deadline should be extended three days past election day for ballots postmarked by 8 p.m. on election day. And there should be a presumption, presumption of timely mailing for ballots without a legible postmark or proof of service. Think about that. It doesn't matter what the date's on there. You still have to accept them. Even if they send them in after Election Day, you have to accept them by that day. County boards of elections were not required to implement a notice and opportunity cure procedure for mail-in ballots. So the Supreme Court said, we're not going to give you the curing process that you asked for. Remember, the court said... You can't cure. Court said it. It's not in. It's not in the election code either. That's important. The secrecy envelope provision, so that the naked ballots, you have to have a secrecy envelope. They concurred that you need a secrecy envelope because we have a privacy provision in the Constitution. The poll watcher residency requirement does not violate the state or federal constitutions. So poll watchers have to 
be from like if, if you want to be a poll watcher in your county you have to be in your county so you can't have poll watchers from outside of your mm-hmm. county go into others but that was that that changed how act 77 was was written here's here's a bigger problem and and i've discussed this with the congressional redistricting cases there is another case on elections that the democrats filed it was under crossy and the supreme court basically appointed the 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 commonwealth court a special master to develop the evidentiary record of basically the, the arguments with within the election system once again the supreme court ignored the evidentiary evidence in a court case the supreme court said i don't care about what the evidence and the facts of the case are we have an objective and that is to help democrats get elected in the commonwealth of pennsylvania that's what they did ignored it this is the second time they've ignored how does I, and it just bothers me like they are supposed to look at the facts and the evidence they're judges for god's sake and they just said we're going to ignore all of that and come out with this new case september 11th 2020 pennsylvania state guidance three days later Former Secretary of State Bookfar issued guidance to counties that eliminated signature verification of mail-in absentee ballots. She said, I don't like them. We're getting rid of them. What authority does she have again? Mm, Yeah, what authority (laughs) does she have? So this is important because there are court cases dealing with this. So League of Women Voters v. Bookfar. This case was filed by the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District. I challenge a requirement for signature matching concerning signatures on the declaration part of the outer envelope for absentee mail-in ballots. The request was for uniform standards training and a notice opportunity to cure faulty signatures as well as costs and fees. The case was voluntarily dismissed. Now, why would the League of Women Voters dismiss this case? November 3rd general election, uh, the Pennsylvania Secretary of Commonwealth accepted the Pennsylvania Supreme Court under its King's Bench power which means Secretary Bookvar, who, by the way, is a self-proclaimed election expert, asked the Supreme Court to make a determination, uh, a declaratory judgment. There was no requirement for counties to gauge in signature matching concerning signatures on the declaration uh, or the part of the outer, outer envelope for absentee mail-in ballots. And basically, the court said, okay, no more signature verification. What recourse does this leave anyone to verify anything? The dates don't matter. The signatures don't matter. Nothing matters. Do any of these ballots have any, any safeguards? And that that eradicated all the safeguards that we had in the 2020 primary election. Gone. Click of a finger. Signature, signature. A signature by a judge throughout the security provisions we had in there. Now, there's other things you can do if you don't like signature. And I, I like a lot of states move have moved away from signature verification. You can include your last four of your social security, your voter registration number, some other form of ID on those outside ballots to get to that same conclusion. And you can include a signature for verification as a secondary check. You can do all of that. There is artificial intelligence that states use to help decide that. There's training. And, and so there's other ways we could do that, but it was a decision by the Secretary of the Commonwealth that she didn't like signature match and she wanted to get rid of it. Even though it's written in the law. Correct. Appropriately written in the law. So 12 days prior to the election, no signature verification. I've been meaning to bring this up to you. I don't like the speed limit on the highway, so I'm just going to ignore that. 
but you're not the Secretary of Transportation. Ah, oh, man. Right. Well, let's, say, let's say the Secretary <laughs> of Transportation says, I don't like speed limits anymore. Um, I am going to do guidance that we don't do speed limits, and I'm going to ask the Supreme Court to get rid of it. Right. I mean, that that's basically what's happening. We're going to ignore. We're going to change the ignore. We're going to ignore and change the laws that we don't like as the executive branch and the executive branch and the judicial branch colluded. They colluded to bring an end result. September 19th. Remember, let's go back. Remember, September 19th, 2020, the Supreme Court orders the Green Party candidate off the ballot. Let's go back. Let's revisit 2016. Right. 2016. Jill Stein got 49,941 votes. Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, unless you're a Democrat that believes in Russian collusion, uh, by 44,322 votes. 5,000 vote difference. So if Jill if, Stein would not have ran, Hillary Clinton presumably would have beat Trump by 5,000 votes. And that's just Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it yeah. would have necessarily changed the outcome of the presidential election, but it would have gave the, given given the Democrats another state. So here, here's the kicker, and you got you got to put this into perspective. September 19, 2020, we're still in COVID. State agencies are closed in person. Everybody's at home somewhere else working. No one's at the agencies. Why were they kicked off? The Green Party faxed a candidate affidavit instead of providing the original. Let's think about that. Let's think about that. Who has a fax machine? <laughs> no. That's a good question. Fax machine, right? Who had a fax machine? But state agencies, nobody's there. Green Party is trying to meet deadlines, mm -hmm. date deadlines to get their candidate affidavit. They have spent time, months, collecting signatures. And they have a lot of signatures to collect. Thousands of signatures as third party. Now, they can get it from any registered voter in the Commonwealth, but they have to get a boatload of signatures. They did all this work. Nobody's at the Department of State that they can hand this to. So they fax it in to meet a date deadline. And during COVID, they throw them off because they did a faxed copy. So do you, I, I don't know if you know this or not, how did Trump and Biden file theirs? That's a good question. Thinking back how we filed, um, we did our, we, 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 we filed before, can't, before COVID. Okay. Because COVID happened in March, we got our signatures in February. Okay. So all that entire process happened before COVID. So we didn't have to worry about it. So it's a normal process. Department of State is over there. You take your petitions, your candidate affidavit, and you submit it all together. They had, third parties had a completely different process than the major parties. Mm. And it was manipulated to remove the one thing the Democrats feared. Green Party candidate pulling votes away from their precious Joe Biden. My precious my precious. This has been part one of our two-part series on the recent elections in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Tune in for another episode of Grove Unleashed when we finish talking about election law. For all Grove Unleashed content, visit repgrove.com slash mypodcasts. Yeah.